Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast. On this episode, we talk to Desmond Lawrence, who's coming back for another year in blue and gold. And also, we learn more about the upcoming Westman Classic. Stay tuned to the podcast. Winnipeg Blue Bombers made another signing today as they have announced that Desmond Lawrence will be back for another year in blue and gold. And spent a lot of time here in Winnipeg, but is prepared to change that going into 2023 as the defensive back joins us now on the CGOB Sports Show. Desmond, how, how does it feel to have a contract in your hand for 2023? Uh, it feels good. Um, it feels really good to know where I'm going to be to start next year and ready to work. So why did you want to, to stay in Winnipeg after spending three games here in the 2022 season? I think it was just because of what I fell in love with in the three games that I was here. Um, it's a great community, great uh, organization, and it has great people around it. So I just wanted to come back, and uh, we didn't finish how we wanted to. So uh, we kind of got some unfinished business and wanted to come back and prove it. So for you personally, when you got released by the Cats, what were you thinking at that moment about where your career was? I can tell you I wasn't thinking that I was coming to Winnipeg. <laughs> I was pretty happy to... Uh, get the call from them but when I initially got the call I was just thinking what's next you know whether it be uh, f- football league in the states or another team uh, in the CFL and luckily it was Winnipeg and why did you feel like it was a good fit for you here uh, I just think it's playmakers all the way around and it, it just allowed me to come in late and just you know kind of make plays and not have to do too much but uh, it was just a perfect fit have you watched the Grey Cup game back since it happened? Yeah, I watched. Uh, I watched film like a couple of days after. I didn't want to, but I did. And how did that feel? Uh, it, it was it was bittersweet. You know, we played hard. Uh, I think we had a hard fought game. It was just you know they had they made the last couple of plays, and unfortunately, we weren't champs at the end of the day. So for you, how much you mentioned there's unfinished business, how how much of coming back is wanting to get to that point because you were so close you could almost taste it twice in a row now with the Tie Cats and then now with the Bombers. Yeah. Um it's big for me and I just think that being back here we we understand it's gonna be a goal to win. I don't think we're gonna put too much on uh this year's the the way we finish, but I just think it's gonna be uh, a year to be excited for. Uh, hopefully we get some more guys to sign back and um, go back at this thing. So you made a lot of stops in your football journey uh, with the Detroit Lions for a bit. You've played in the AAF, the AF, the XFL. You've now wound up in Winnipeg. Through all those stops, what's kept you going? Um, just the fact that I believe in my ability. I know I can play and contribute to a team and um, I enjoy the game. I love the game, so I still want to play, and I could play at a high level. What do you think you do best in the secondary for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers? What's your skill set? Uh, I, I think I, I do. I talk a lot, communicate a lot, um, making sure that we are fine and have all our adjustments pre-snaps, and I think I'm really good at the top of routes, so getting in and out of breaks. So. Um, being in the field, uh, opposed to being in the boundary in Hamilton, allowed me to show showcase some of that, and um, being rangy as well. So uh, just being athletic in that field. The players that you got to work with here in Winnipeg, like Brandon Alexander, like Winston Rose, Nick Taylor, 
Uh, Alden Darby came over basically with you, essentially, from the Ticats. What did that veteran leadership mean to you in your second year in the CFL? Uh, it meant a lot. You know, coming from one pro organization to another, you know, you never know how it's going to be. It could be a totally young team. So the fact that I came in and it was a bunch of vets here that had a lot of meaningful ball and play late in the season, they're used to it. Uh, it kind of made an easy transition when we got started with playoffs and um, those last couple games at the end of the season. You mentioned that you love the community here. Explain why Winnipeg as a city has clicked with you. Um, the, the the temperatures are a little different, but uh, <laughs> I just think that uh, when I came over from Hamilton, you know, it was like my first game and there was fans waiting outside that actually knew who I was already. I was surprised and they're just big on football um, and taking care of their team, and I, I just fell in love with it. So I imagine you're not in Winnipeg right now? No, I, I'm not in Winnipeg. Uh, unfortunately, I'm missing all of the snow. Yeah, it's quite cold as well. It's uh, 20, yeah. 21 below zero Celsius. So uh, I don't know what that is Fahrenheit, but it's cold. Uh, so I guess you're yeah. – you're, <laughs> where do you spend your off season? I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. It's about 50s in the 60s right now. And that's nice and comfortable. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't need too much on. No. So what does a typical off-season look like for you? Uh, just really training, um, working, working on my game, and trying to get better for the next season. Uh, yeah, just really taking care of that body after such a long season. And is there anything you do in the, the downtime to unwind when you're not training? Oh, uh, yeah. Um, typical guy, I like to hang out with some friends or just, in my downtime, just watching TV or games at home. Any sports that you like to follow? Uh, yeah, I'm big on uh, NFL and NBA. Uh, I got into uh, some of the World Cup as that's going on right now. Um, anything with a ball and it's entertaining, I'll watch it. So you're from Charlotte. Are you a Hornets fan? Uh, at heart, you know, I, I'll cheer them on, but I'm really a, a Warriors fan. I mean, yeah, the Hornets aren't very good, so I could understand not wanting to cheer for them. Hey, yeah, it's the hometown, so, you know, you, you want to see them do well, but I'm more of a, a Warriors fan. And the fact that, you, you know, you've been around a bunch of pro teams, does that make you, you know, less inclined to be a Panthers fan? Uh, You can say that. You can say that. I've just uh, been around a lot of people, a lot of teams. So, you don't really, I don't really have a favorite NFL team. I just enjoy a good game. So as a defensive back, when you're watching an NFL game, are you watching it for defense then? Are you watching for guys in the secondary to make plays? Uh, more of a fan, uh, but it just depends on the matchup. Like if it's a key matchup, I, I'm really tuned in. I don't really have a favorite for who to win, or whether that be the receiver or DB. Um, it's just good to know or see what like their techniques and how they're trying to exploit one another, you know, um, take advantage of. Uh, of the weaknesses that they think that they see. How would you be able to handle Justin Jefferson or Tyreek Hill? Uh, it'll be a challenge. I'll tell you that. They're, they're both really good receivers. Uh, I just think uh, with Justin Jefferson, you you have to win at the the catch point. Um, I think he's good in with, with his routes. and He can get open, but uh, a lot of his catches are contested. So that makes him so good to be able to go through traffic. And then with Tariq, man, you know, I, I could sit here and tell you you could do one thing, but the speed is is just unbelievable. So um, you got to play within the game plan on that one. 
Being honest, I like it, Desmond. Appreciate your time tonight. Thanks for this. Congrats again on the new deal. Thank you. That is Desmond Lawrence, Winnipeg Blue Bomber defensive back. They've got some free agents back there. I mentioned Nick Taylor, Alden Darby, Winston Rose, Mercy Maston. They're all current free agents. Of course, Maston and Taylor coming off Achilles injuries. Maston, a pair of Achilles injuries back-to-back years. So there might be some differences. There might be some similarities. We're not sure because there's still a lot of players that are unsigned. But Desmond Lawrence is not one of them. Back for another year in blue and gold. The Westman Classic is back for year 54 later this month. Exactly three weeks from today, as a matter of fact. U of W Athletics held a news conference earlier today to release the tournament draw and announce one of this year's three inductees into the Ring of Honor. Our Kelly Moore decided to head on down to the King's Head Pub to learn more. Talking to that honoree, among others, at the news conference. Ken Opalco was a standout for the Westman from 1976 through 81. He was a member of several national program teams during an outstanding career that included being named a CIAU All-Canadian in 1978, as well as a GPAC All-Star for five consecutive seasons. And yes, the Daniel Mack product is just a little bit pumped about being honored with two other former Westman greats still to be announced, on night number two of the tournament, December 29th. I've known about this for over two years, and the last two years they had to cancel the tournament and stuff. So, and I said to Dave Crook, I'm not getting any younger. we got to get this done. So it's, it's extremely important to me because high school and then university, uh, that's when all this started and, and, and uh, the, all the success that I had and our team had um, back in the day. And we had some really good teams back then. And so to be part of all that and to be recognized you know, 40-something years later, of course, is fantastic. The wait for the return of men's basketball as the feature sport for the Classic hasn't been quite as long. Several years ago, the university decided to rotate men's and women's basketball and volleyball on a yearly basis. So, in addition to the delay created by COVID, this will be the first time since 2016 men's coach Mike Rainbow and his players will finally get a chance to stand in the spotlight at the Duckworth Center. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, it's a big change when we started to share the tournament with our other teams, and that's been exciting to watch them have a chance to host the event and be a part of the tradition and the history. And, you know, having to wait a couple of extra years to get our turn again has, uh, you know, made this year even more exciting for us. Include sophomore guard Emmanuel Thomas among that group of Westmen who cannot wait with a chance to step on the court against the Algoma Thunderbirds in the 6 o'clock feature game opening night. I mean, we were supposed to compete in it for the last two years, so the fact that we get to do it finally after the pandemic, after, you know, two long seasons, is, it's always good. So pretty excited. I know the guys, the guys, some guys on our team haven't even played in the Classic before, so, so it's, it's always going to be fun. You know. I would imagine over those two years you had some teammates where the clock ran out on them and they weren't able to uh, to play on this. So uh, are you maybe suiting up for them as well uh, uh, later on this month? Yeah, our former teammates have done a great job of always coming to support us. So it's going to be great going out there and trying to get some wins for them. The players aren't the only ones counting down the days. Longtime former men's head coach and now athletic director at the U of W, Dave Crook admits... It's been a difficult past two Christmases without the Classic. I mean, we're just so excited to be back. It's just so wonderful. It's wonderful to be back playing all our games, but for the Classic, it's just been such a big part of 
you know, this community, but it's been a huge part of my life for almost 50 years. So I, I just can't wait. I'm just so excited. I can't wait for the 28th. It's almost bigger than Christmas for me. Which brings us back to Ken Opalco, who has no problem sharing just how important the Ring of Honor ceremony will be at halftime of the first semifinal for himself and others. I'm also in a couple other Hall of Fames as well, right? But this one, I'm not saying those aren't important. Of course they're important, but this is where kind of all this got started. And so to be recognized by my university that I, you know, spent five years at, and also my son was there for five years as well, playing for the Westman, right? Playing for Dave. So it's very, very important. And also what's important is, is that I'm still around and it's a family award, right? Like uh, my whole family's going to be there. My, my granddaughters go into the Hall of Fame and they show people my Westman bag and my name on the wall. And so it's a big deal, right? And so I'm super excited about, you know, I've already started to uh, let my friends know uh, you should be around on the 29th. Oh, how come? Uh, well, uh, something especially hap- is special happening. So I'm pretty pumped. The Santa Slam Dunk Contest also figures to be a big hit once again with a contestant from each of the eight teams competing for a cash prize. And for the second straight year, instead of presenting hardware, Dave Crook says the tournament winner will share in their success. We've sort of went to a new tradition where we've gone away from buying trophies and doing those kind of things. And what we're doing is we make a donation, uh, you know, to a charitable cause in the community in the name of the team that wins the tournament. Who that is will be determined over the three days. It all begins on December 28th with Brandon and Lavelle playing at 2 o'clock, followed by Alberta and Regina. The evening matchups will pit the Westman versus Algoma at 6, and then the U of M Bisons meeting Ottawa in the 8 o'clock nightcap. More information or ticket purchases are available online at westman.ca slash classic. Again, three weeks from today. One of Winnipeg's longest-running sports events resumes. And Kelly also had a one-on-one chat with Westman point guard Sean Moranin. He's the lone returning starter on this year's squad. Very young team that's been actually playing pretty well. And Kelly began the conversation with Sean talking about the significance of finally getting the chance to play in this tournament. As everybody said here earlier, um, it's a tradition. And I'm extremely excited and grateful to be a part of this tournament. And I, I know my teammates could say the same. This tournament hasn't been around since 2016, I think it was. So for it to be back, especially what's what's gone on the past few years with COVID and all that, it's just amazing to be a part of. And I'm excited to be a part of the tournament. You being the old man of the team, <laughs> I guess, uh, yeah, you were uh, you were happy that you get this chance because uh, you, you know you didn't want to uh, have the clock run out before you got your whirl out of day. Exactly. Um, it's crazy how far I've come um, and how how fast time has has come. Um, I mean, being here, I came here in 2019 as as a rookie. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. Um, but obviously a dream of mine growing up was just to play at this level and to be here at home playing under Coach Mike. Um, I'm just extremely grateful and I will never take this <clears throat> opportunity for granted. We just talked to one of your teammates, Emmanuel Thomas, uh, and uh, he uh, said, yeah, this is this guy's our leader. Uh, what kind of things and, and I guess uh, how do you want to set the tempo for this team going into that opener against Algoma to make sure they, they get going in the right direction as the, as the on-court leader? I just want to do everything I can to kind of get everyone involved in the game and not only 
just prior to the game as well. Um, we know how, how big of a tournament this is. We know how, how much this means to a lot of the people um, around the Westman Athletics. And I just want to do my job, and that's just to be a leader, as you said. Um, I play the game with a lot of joy and a lot of love. So if I can continue to do that, then I think, you know, the chips will fall. What did you realistically think these guys, this group, was capable of? That's a great question. Um, to be honest, um, looking into the year, I didn't know what to expect. And me being, you know, I always look back to where I came from and how I got here. Just me being a rookie, I didn't, never would I thought I would be in this position, you know, to be the leader of the team, to be the main, you know, the point guard. Um, but to answer your question, like, it's tough sometimes. Um, I didn't know what to expect again. Um, but, you know, as again, the love and the joy that I bring to the to the game of basketball, I think that, you know, sets apart from a lot of things. Is there something about the overall youth of this team that sort of makes it special or what? I would say so. Uh, there's a lot of guys, like, as you said, there's a lot of youth on the team. Um, but we're all hungry and we all have, you know, a chip on our shoulder. And we all just want to, you know, prove a point to a lot of people that, just because we're young, it doesn't mean anything. What is the, where does that chip come from? You know, I feel like a lot of people, they underestimated us, I think, going into, you know, whether it's high school, speaking for myself, me being a short 5'8", you know, kid, I don't, I don't think a lot of people really believed in me. And I feel like a lot of people on the team kind of have that same edge as well. So I feel like just growing up, a lot of people didn't really believe in us. That is Sean Moranin, the f junior point guard for the Winnipeg Westman men's basketball team, the only upperclassman on the team. Everyone else, a sophomore or a freshman on the team that has won four in a row and currently sits third in the conference with the six and two record. Manitoba Bisons are actually uh, ahead of them right now at seven and one. Victoria at eight and two as well. They're the team that beat Winnipeg twice to put Winnipeg at their current record, coming off a Back-to-back -back win over Brandon, who's now 7-3. and three. Those teams are, uh, well, Manitoba and Brandon also taking part in this tournament. As mentioned before, Winnipeg opening play, 6 p.m. December 28th against Algoma. They, they are from Sault Ste. Marie, the Thunderbirds. The Bisons, they play Ottawa at 8 p.m. The Bobcats kick off the tournament with a 2 p.m. afternoon tilt against Laval. Moran um, and stats, by the way, on the season leading the team with 16.4 points per game. Also pitching in with 3.4 rebounds, 4.3 assists, and only 1.9 turnovers per game. Great assist-to-turnover ratio. One of the best ratios actually in the country. Uh, it's pretty solid. 25th among all players in U-Sports action. Well, thank you very much for listening to the CJOB Sports Show podcast. If you like what you heard, guess what? You can hear more every weeknight on CJOB from 6.30 to 9 p.m. Of course, that is when the Jets are not playing because if the Jets are playing, then I don't have a show, but I'll be part of the pre- and post-game coverage. Anyway, thanks again for tuning in. Subscribe if you'd like. We're available on iTunes and other places I'd imagine. So farewell until we meet again. Come on and thanks for all the fish. So sad that it should come to this. We try to warn you over the day. You may not share our intellect, which might explain your